Welcome to the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast, where we will take your faith and the powerful Word of God and make them as practical and relevant to your job, home, and hobbies as your favorite pair of blue jeans are on a Saturday, where every Christian needs to know the titles of Jesus. Do you? There are about two dozen of them. And in last week's episode, we covered the first, oh, 14 or so. We're going to continue with the rest of them in this episode and hopefully finish up this extremely important knowledge. (laughs) Every Christian needs to know the titles of Christ because we need to be in awe and worship and praise the awesome and magnificent Jesus. There is a tradition in Jerusalem held by the Jews, usually every year, and it is the lighting of the menorah, or the huge candelabra, to commemorate the pillar of fire that led the Jews out of captivity in Egypt by night. And they light this at night, and it is huge. And when they do, it lights up the whole countryside. You can see it from wherever. In fact, a lot of people say it lights up the whole world. It is the light of the world. And it is at that place where Jesus stood one day and said in John 8:12, I am, claiming himself to be God, using the I am statement from the burning bush, which also gave off light, by the way. <laughs> I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And that's our first title of Jesus in this episode, which is roughly number 15, if you're counting. Jesus is the light of the world. That is a guiding light so you can find your way in this dark world (laughs) that brings hope in the midst of darkness. And we are to be like Jesus, remember? From past episodes here in this podcast and from the Bible, We are also to be lights in this world. In fact, Jesus told us to be salt and light. I do have a podcast episode on how to be salty. I would really suggest you go back and listen to that one if you haven't yet. Or if you have, listen to it again. (laughs) Now that is kind of a nice segue into the next title of Jesus, which is, He is the Lord of Glory. Glory is kind of hard to describe. But when describing glory and attributing it to God, it's generally an awesome, bright light, something that you can't even look upon. It's so bright, so brilliant. In fact, Moses wanted to see God, and God told him, okay, you can't survive it, but I'll tell you what I'll do is I'll walk past you, and you hide behind a rock, and after I've gone past, then you can look. (laughs) And when God went by him, And Moses ended up looking. It bleached his face and hair white, which lasted for a long, long time. That glory is a title of Jesus. We find that in 1 Corinthians 2.8, where Paul calls him the Lord of glory. And in John 1.14, in that famous first paragraph in the book of John, describing Jesus, he says in Verse 14, and we beheld his glory, a glory as of an only begotten from the Father, 
full of grace and truth. Jesus is the Lord of glory, that brilliant light that came and dwelt among us, being the light of the world. In 1 Timothy 2.5, Paul tells us another title of Jesus. He is the mediator, the only mediator between God and men. Yeah, there isn't a person that you can pray to, and then those prayers then go to God. You can pray directly to God himself, and Jesus will ensure that that happens in two ways. First, he broke the barrier of sin that was between you and God by paying the penalty of those sins on the cross. If you repent of those sins and accept that Jesus did that on your behalf on the cross, and then you have direct access with God. In fact, there was something very significant that happened when Jesus died on that cross that also tells us that we have access directly to God. There was a big, huge curtain veil around the Holy of Holies in the temple. The Holy of Holies is where God resides, it is said. And no one could enter through that curtain except the high priest once a year. And they used to tie a rope around his leg so that if something isn't done right and he dies, they could pull his body out without having to go in and get him because they wouldn't have been able to. That curtain of separation separated us people and God. But that curtain tore when Jesus died on the cross all by itself. No, I think God tore it. Because now we can have access to him. And how do we know that God tore it? Because it was really tall, like 12 to 20 foot tall or something. And it tore from top to bottom, the Bible says. God tore it. So that we can have access to God through Jesus. And that is why Jesus is called the mediator between God and men. And there's another little thing that I like to add to about this, Jesus being the mediator. As you know, Jesus right now is alive, sitting at the right hand of God, and he is talking to God on your behalf. Maybe adding to what you pray, you know, saying, well, here's here's what Kevin's trying to say, God, the Father. In fact, why don't, why don't you do this in addition to what he's asking? That's also a mediator between man and God. There doesn't need to be a person because you have direct access to God. Thanks to Jesus, our mediator. The next title is, He is the only begotten of the Father. From John 1.14 again. And that just means a unique, one-of-a-kind Son of God. Remember, God exists singularly but manifests himself in three different sort of persons. Father God, Jesus the Son of God, and the Holy Spirit. Same one God, just three different kind of forms, I guess, if you will. And Jesus is the one that became a man like us, 100% God, but also 100% man, so that we can relate to God, because Jesus is God. And so we can say, yeah, he is He's relatable. 
Jesus has gone through the same kind of trials and troubles and probably even harder than I do. You can relate to me. In Acts chapter 3, about oh, verse 11 through 26, is another sermon of Peter's. And this sermon kind of centers on Jesus as the prophet. Now, there were plenty of prophets before Jesus, but Peter calls him the prophet. He even refers to back when Moses said that God will raise up a prophet. He will come from Jewish heritage, and whatever he says should be listened to and obeyed. (laughs) And, of course, he was referring to Jesus. So Jesus is called the prophet. Next is a title of Jesus that I'm sure you've heard. And I'm hoping that if you're listening to this, he is this to you. And that title is Savior. And if he's not your Savior, we need to chat. Email me, kevin at bluejeanschristian.com. <laughs> okay? In Luke one forty-seven, in Mary's famous Magnificent, <laughs> it's her speech. And in verse 47, it says that the child that she will bear is God and her Savior. God and her Savior. And there are many passages that say that Jesus came to save us from our sins. Jesus delivered us from death and sin. Yes, we do have to die a physical death here, but we go on to live forever with him. So looking forward to that, right? (laughs) John 5.24 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, I meaning Jesus, whoever hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but is passed from death to life. Jesus is our Savior. Acts 16.30 and 31 says, where people asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said to him, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. Here's another title. As we begin to wind these down, Jesus is called the Seed of Abraham. He's the mediator of God's covenant. Remember God's covenant with Abraham, that through his line the Messiah would come, and Jesus is that Messiah that was part of that covenant. So he is called the seed of Abraham, and we find that in Galatians three sixteen. Okay, now let's wind down to our final two titles of Christ. And the first one of these last ones, did that make sense? <laughs> the first one of these last two, okay, is what does Jesus say his title is? Now, he has said a lot of these But when he was just chatting with folks like you and me, he called himself the Son of Man. Interesting, isn't that? Ever wonder what that means? The Son of Man? Why wouldn't he say the Son of God or something a lot more magnificent? I think that is magnificent. One place is Matthew 18.11, where Jesus said, talking of himself, for the Son of Man is come to save that which is lost. The Son of Man is a humble term. Jesus is saying, 
I'm one of you guys. I'm just like one of you. But it also refers to several passages in the Psalms that are referring to him who is at the right hand of God. Here's one from Psalm 80:17. Let your hand be upon the man of your right hand, upon the son of man whom you made strong for yourself, God. And Jesus was probably referring to that in Mark 14:62, where he said, I am. There's that I am statement again, right? The voice of the burning bush, God. <laughs> I am, and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. And that word power is capitalized, signifying God. And Jesus said, the Son of Man descended from heaven. John 3.13, no one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. In Luke 5.24, Jesus said, the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And in Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Which tells us part of his main purpose of becoming the Son of Man. An awesome title of Christ that I could probably do an entire podcast episode about. So I will end with this probably most famous title of Jesus. Jesus Christ. No, Christ isn't his last name. (laughs) It is a title. The word Christ and Messiah are about the same thing. Just different languages saying the same thing. Which means the anointed one. Jesus is the anointed one. The word Christ or the title Christ or Christos occurs over 530 times in the Bible. And 237 of those uses the term Jesus and Christ or Christos together. And almost all of the 530 references of that term Christ do refer to Jesus himself. Hundreds of times in the Bible, Jesus is referred to as the Anointed One, the Messiah, the Christ. The Apostles... And the other writers of the New Testament all mention that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. Probably with emphasis on the word the, as meaning the only one, the anointed one. And that is why they use that term. He is the only anointed one. So here's a recap of all of these titles of Jesus that every Christian should know. He is the Word of God. He is the Bible. He is the last Adam. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the bread of life. He is living water. He is the chief cornerstone. The chief shepherd. He is the firstborn from the dead. He is the good shepherd. And he is the great shepherd of the sheep. Referring to us, right? He is the high priest. He is the Holy One of God. He is Emmanuel, God with us. 
He is King of kings and Lord of lords. Is he yours? He is the Lamb of God. He is the light of the world. He is the Lord of glory. He is the mediator between God and men. He is the only begotten of the Father. He is the prophet. He is Savior. He is the seed of Abraham. And he is the Son of Man. And he is the anointed Messiah, Christ. And all of those titles are made so because Christ Jesus alone has been given all power and all authority. Do you bow down to him? If you don't, there will come a day when you will. Better to be in a good light then than in a bad light. And it's also better to know him now and serve him now and have a relationship with him now. Among all those titles, I cannot find a favorite. They all are so awesome. But I do appreciate this, that I have a relationship with him. He knows me. He knows my name. He knows enough about me and cares about me to know what's best for me and asks our Father God for those things for me on my behalf. And I am so looking forward to serving him forever when he rules as king from his throne in Jerusalem. And that day is coming, probably sooner than we think, I hope. Thank you for listening to these titles of Christ. There may be others, but these are what I've found. And I am so glad that I did. And I hope you are happy you did, too, by listening to this. 